What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future passion. Explore paths to careers that will excite and motivate you. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu to find out how to connect to your future. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The Tribal Council of the Pokagon Band of Potawatomi wants Dwajak Union School District to stop using the chieftain's name and mascot. More from Ken Lundberg. The Tribal Council formally ended their support for an agreement with Dwajak School District approving the use of the school's chieftain logo and mascot. In a statement, they said it's time for Dwajak schools to stop using the logo because it furthers harmful stereotypes and has a detrimental effect on Native American youth. Sam Morso, secretary of the Pokagon Band Tribal Council, says they've tried to talk to the Dwajak school board about the issue but have not been able to. It's concerning when there's no open dialogue. They chose to, instead of having a meaningful conversation and working collaboratively, uh, they decided to issue a statement and, and not even have that talk. In a statement, Dwajak Union School Board President Brent Brewer says the school district respectfully declines to stop using the Chieftain's logo, but they want to continue engaging with the Tribal Council to ensure the name receives the dignity, respect, and reverence it deserves. Morso said there are a number of federal and state programs in jeopardy without effective collaboration between the schools and the tribes. Ken Lundberg, WSJM News. The Two Rivers Coalition is urging rural homeowners in Van Buren County to make sure their septic systems are properly maintained after testing found high levels of E. coli in the Paw Paw River and Black River watersheds. The group's Kevin Haight tells us the coalition started testing for E. coli about seven years ago when it learned the state doesn't do so on a regular basis. They tested the Paw Paw River watershed in 2021 and the Black River watershed in 2022. So what we found was that we had high levels of E. coli, both after a rain event and even when it hadn't rained for several days. What we wanted to figure out was where is it coming from? Because it can, there's multiple potential sources. Runoff from ag fields where they have had manure spread or bad septic systems of uh, private homes. Haight says DNA testing showed the E. coli is from human sources, not animal. That means overflowing septic systems and homes are likely the cause. He says it's important for those homeowners to flush and inspect their systems on a regular basis. You don't just flush it and it's gone. There's a system there that is your responsibility to maintain because there's it's not part of some city septic system. Haight advises people not to wade into or swim in the rivers following heavy rains. He does believe the water is safe for activities like paddling. The Two Rivers Coalition has submitted its data to Eagle, so it could be used as lawmakers in Lansing consider enacting a statewide septic code. Haight says Michigan is the only state without one. The Berrien County Trial Court has announced the continued funding of its two treatment courts, as well as the Swift Insure Sanctions Probation Program for fiscal year 2024. The trial court has received notice of three grant awards from the state court administrator's office, totaling $422,000. The funds will continue to support the operations of the Drug Treatment Court, the Mental Health Court, and the Swift Insure Sanctions Probation Program. The trial court says its Mental Health Court was established in 2009 to help individuals on probation with serious mental illness. The Drug Treatment Court is similar, seeking to help offenders get and stay clean so they don't get into more trouble. The Swift Insure Sanctions Probation Program was set up in 2012 and is an intensive probation program for felony offenders identified as high risk for failure on probation. It currently has 105 active cases and 271 successful completions. The newest cohort of the Berrien Community Foundation's Youth Advisory Council has been launched. 
BCF Program Director Susan Matheny tells us teens exhibiting Able Minds, or TEAM, works with nonprofits and promotes causes to the foundation leadership. TEAM has made over just over a million dollars in grants since their inception in the 90s. So just by the numbers, the dollar amounts, they have made a difference. Matheny says that TEAMS is made up of young people from all over the county. They typically serve from the 8th grade to graduation. We feel like we're teaching leadership and compassion skills and showing young people how your voice and what you do matters in the community and that you can make a difference in the community. You can stand up and do something about things that you don't think are right or need help. The team's students travel all over the community to meet with nonprofit leaders. They also attend statewide conferences. Although team's current year of service has already started, recruitment is still open as the group aims to expand. We'll have more information on our website. A barber shop in Benton Harbor will be the first in the state to take part in a national program aimed at improving reading skills among boys. Shaw's All Styles Barber Shop on Napier Avenue will launch Michigan's first barbershop books program this month. St. Joseph resident Janita Galzetti learned about the Barbershop Books program and took it to the Benton Harbor Public Library, which identified Shaw's as a place where it could be launched locally. Galzetti told us about the program. The guiding mission of the organization is to encourage black and brown boys to read by getting them books that they love and they've approved and curated for kids of that audience, that age, and putting those books in barbershops. So they've done this all around the country, and and the idea is just that while the kids are there waiting for dad, uncle, brother to get their hair cut, they're in a male-centered place and it associates reading with their community barbershop. Galzetti says the barbershop will have a small shelf with about 15 books for children installed in the waiting area as soon as this Friday. Founded in 2013, Barbershop Shop Books has distributed more than 50,000 books to barbershops nationwide. Galzetti hopes the program will come to more locations in the area. And wildlife experts are warning against the popular Halloween decoration over fears of animals getting entangled. In a new episode of the Wild Talk podcast, host Rachel Lincoln says flying animals are prone to getting stuck in fake spider webs. Another decoration to think twice about before you place them is fake cobwebs and string lights. Do they look awesome? Yes. But cobwebs and string lights placed over bushes or in between trees can accidentally entangle bats or birds that are flying by. So enjoy your decorations this year. Um, Just maybe pause a moment to think about where you're placing things to avoid having any bad experiences. If a bird or bat does get stuck in your decorations, call a professional with the DNR or animal control. Many bat species are federally protected and accidentally killing one could result in penalties. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak where furniture shopping is fun. Israel is at war, pounding Gaza with rocket fire after the massive terror operation conducted by Hamas over the weekend. More than 30,000 Israeli reservists have been called up, the largest and quickest in its history. But at the United Nations, warnings are coming that this will make an already desperate humanitarian situation even worse. More from ABC's Dave Packer. Following this weekend's emergency meeting of the United Nations Security Council, Secretary General Antonio Guterres Monday. I'm deeply distressed by today's announcement that Israel will initiate a complete siege of the Gaza Strip. Nothing allowed in, no electricity, food or fuel. He says the humanitarian situation in Gaza was already extremely dire. Now it will only deteriorate exponentially. Dave Packer, ABC News, New York. 
Israel has vowed to lay total siege to the Gaza Strip as it pounds the impoverished Hamas-ruled territory following an unprecedented weekend incursion. More than two days after Hamas launched its surprise attack from Gaza, the military said today the fighting within Israel had largely died down for now. Israel's vaunted military and intelligence apparatus was caught off guard, bringing heavy battles to its streets for the first time in decades. Israel formally declared war on Sunday, portending greater fighting and a possible ground assault into Gaza. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu today vowed to destroy the militants, quote, military and governing capabilities. More than 900 Israelis have died during the attacks, and at least 100 more were kidnapped. Israel's cut off power and other utilities to Gaza, and forces have been uh, heading into Gaza. At least 680 people have died in Gaza, according to the Gaza Health Ministry. ABC's Karen Travers has the latest from President Biden. The White House says President Biden met this morning with Secretary of State Antony Blinken, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, and other senior administration officials to get updated on the situation in Israel. The president directed them to follow up on coordination with Israel and to continue to work with regional partners, reiterating his previous warning to anyone who might seek to take advantage in this situation. President Biden has no public events today, but the White House says he'll be speaking with several close allies about the developments in Israel. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. Former Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy is not ruling out running for the position again after violence broke out in the Middle East this past weekend. ABC's M. Wynn is more from Washington. Representative Kevin McCarthy urged Washington to show support to Israel in several ways, including demanding the Biden administration to rescue any American hostages who might be held in Gaza. The conflict is shining a spotlight on the dysfunction in the House without a speaker. And you're allowing 4% with the Democrats playing politics, but now of putting a doubt inside this body. That is wrong. After saying he had no intention of running again, McCarthy says he's open to taking the gavel back. I let the um, conference see who, the, who, who unites them. M. Wynn, ABC News, Washington. A senior Taliban delegation is visiting western Afghanistan's Herat province in the aftermath of a powerful earthquake that killed at least 2,000 people and flattened entire villages. Saturday's magnitude 6.3 quake hit a densely populated area in Herat that was followed by strong aftershocks. It was one of the deadliest earthquakes to strike the country in two decades. A statement from Kabul said the Taliban appointed Deputy Prime Minister for Economic Affairs and his team will visit the quake-affected region today to deliver immediate relief assistance and ensure equitable and accurate distribution of aid. The quake also trapped hundreds of people, and they've been digging with their bare hands and shovels to pull victims out from under the rubble. Tourism has reopened in the western part of Maui. It officially reopened Sunday, marking two months since the deadly wildfires that ripped through the town of Lahaina. But ABC's Alex Stone reports life is not back to normal there. Just north of Lahaina, the row of mega resorts in Kanapali, the beaches are still mostly empty. And there's a food distribution site for victims of the wildfires. At the Whalers Village shopping mall, there are signs reminding visitors to be mindful of the recovery effort. Raul Cruz at a food truck park says it's been slow going compared to how it used to be. Probably from like 800 to 1,000 people a night between, you know, tourists and local people. And right now we have about 20, maybe 30 the most. Alex Stone, ABC News. Many of the Republican candidates running for president say they would use military force against Mexico in response to the trafficking of fentanyl and other synthetic opioids. More than 75,000 people in the U.S. died last year from overdoses of synthetic opioids, an annual figure of more than 20 times higher than a decade ago. That rhetoric from the GOP candidates is welcomed by some families who've lost loved ones to fentanyl and have long argued Washington hasn't done enough to address the worst drug crisis in U.S. history. But analysts and nonpartisan experts warn talk of military force won't end the crisis and instead fuels racism and xenophobia, undermining efforts to stop drug trafficking.
And shock and gore reclaimed the box office this past weekend. More if maybe sees Chuck Sievertson. Wherever those girls went, they brought something back with them. The Exorcist Believer, the latest resurrection of the demonic franchise, brought in $27 million in North American ticket sales. It's opening weekend for Universal and Blumhouse Productions, say studio estimates. Underwhelming, considering the two companies paid $400 million for the rights to a new trilogy. It's so Last week's top film, Paw Patrol, the mighty movie from Paramount, was second with $11.8 million. Another horror sequel, Saw X, was third with about $8 million in its second weekend. Chuck Sievertson, ABC News.